Welcome to episode 101 of the Throwdown Thursday podcast. My name is Patrick Rahal, but you can call me Patsy the Angry Nerd. And we are here in Castle Wolfenstein, and I am joined by only one half of my co-hosts, because we are missing Agent Nicole. Agent Nicole is off on one of her S.H.I.E.L.D. missions. I believe she's getting her intergalactic uh, passport so she can work for S.H.I.E.L.D. and, and be the liaison to the Kree Empire. So that's what we got her working on, so... She will not be joining us today, but we do have the real housewife of Transylvania, the mistress of Merlot, the Michael Phelps of wine, Ashes Von Nightmare. I'm sober this evening. I know. This is it's crazy. It's a special occasion. I know. I'm very excited for today. We are, of course, also joined by the man who conducts this crazy train, the ringleader of the <laughs> circus known as Trick or Treat Radio, ladies and gentlemen, Johnny Wolfenstein. Uh, I don't know if I call it a crazy train. It's a slightly insane train, maybe. That's fair. Yeah. We don't usually go off the rails. Uh, we don't get derailed, so to say. Um, but we have a very special show this evening. Joining us this evening, and I'm, uh, I'm very excited about this. As you can tell, I've got a little bit of nerves, and uh, you folks watching on Skype can tell that as well. Uh, we are joined by members of the cast of the upcoming Asylum film Megalodon. Uh, joining us this evening, we have Mr. Dominic Pace. Hey, how are you? Doing all right. Glad you could join us. We are also joined by Elizabeth Cron. Hey, We are joined by Ego Makitas. Paulina Laurent. Hello. And Carolyn Harris. Hi, guys. So, we are super excited for you guys to join us. As anyone who has listened to the show in the past knows, I am a huge fan not only of sharks, but of shark films. So this is right up my alley. I very nearly wore my, uh, my shark suit with the giant shark head, but my wife talked me out of it this morning. Good, you guys move, laugh. good move, Ashes. <laughs> you guys You're laugh, welcome. but I've done it You're before. You're welcome. <laughs> so... What I'd like to do is, because this is a film that hasn't come out yet. This is coming out later on this summer. And um, this is unusual for us because generally um, we're a little more familiar with what a uh, film is if we're going to be talking about characters from it. I thought this would be a great opportunity. Uh, Dominic was nice enough to not only agree to be on the show, but recruit all of you guys as well. So this is something that's really cool for me. Um, so what I'd like to do is uh, start off. Uh, you guys can go left to right, uh, however you'd like to do it. You can go alphabetical order. You can rock, paper, scissors. Um, give us a little bit of background about yourselves, you know, maybe where some folks could find you and some of your other work before we really get into the, the meat of the, of the show. So uh, actually what we'll do, we'll, uh, we'll start with the ladies. Uh, Carolyn, how about you? Yeah, okay, so um, I played Commander Lynch in the film. She's um, this really driven, you know, young character who's ready to make her mark. Um, and this is my first feature film of my career, so it was really exciting for me to take on this type of role, um, you know, and have this experience. It was like a whirlwind for me. Um, so, yeah, so this is my big first film. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, it was great. Um, and I'm on Instagram, so people can find me there if they're interested in looking at some other, you know, smaller projects that, that I've done. It's just my name, Caroline Harris. Um, 
But yes, so that's me. I'm from Chicago originally. And yeah. Awesome. Uh, Paulina? Uh, what's up, guys? Um, <clears throat> so, uh, what am I saying? Oh, uh, I play Chang in the Megalodon feature film, and um, she's kind of the person that um, uh, Streeper goes to when he doesn't have any solutions to what to do next. Um, that's all I'm going to say about her. Uh, <laughs> uh, you can also catch me in another Asylum feature that's actually coming out on June 19th. It's called Jurassic World, um, and it's the monkbuster to Jurassic World. <laughs> Um, that was really fun, and uh, I play Eva Vase. Um, I'm also on Instagram. It's just my first and last name, Paulina Larat, and I'm weekly improv show. So I mainly do comedy, but somehow Asylum fell into my lap. So here I am. All right. Uh, thank you. Elizabeth? Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in. My name is Elizabeth J. I'm Elizabeth J. Cron, that's C-R-O-N. I play Munez, and she is kind of the brains of the group. She's the engineer, Navy engineer. So she's down there tinkering with the engine and, and trying to figure the mechanics out of everything. Um, if and when it goes wrong, we'll see if and when it goes wrong, right? So uh, this is actually my first feature film as well, but I have a long history of performance arts, uh, including dance. I danced at EDC a few years ago, and that was a phenomenal experience, dancing in front of that many people. I'm also an international beauty queen, so if you want to follow me and follow my crazy journeys, I'm about to hopefully go over to Malaysia, so if you want to follow me over across the globe, uh, again, you can find me, Elizabeth J. Cron, across social media. Thanks, everybody. Hey, uh, Dominic, how about you? Hi, yeah, Dominic Pace. Hello to everyone. Uh, mostly known for uh, NBC Superstore, comedy on Superstore. Got, just got renewed uh, for the fourth season. Uh, I played Dom, the warehouse manager. Uh, this is my first starring role in a, uh, a TV movie, and uh, just really excited about it. I played Captain Streeper, the captain of the United States Navy. This is my team in the front. This is the bad guy right here. <laughs> um, I just want to say that, you know, Asylum, that more or less are known sort of for tongue-in-cheek movies, uh, especially with the Sharknado genre. But the one thing we're really excited about with this was that the writer and the director are really adamant about putting some weight and putting some depth to the characters and not making it so campy. Uh, and, and that's why we're, we're so excited for the next two months to kind of go on a little bit of a promotional tour, just because we really believe in the project, that not only the hard work of all the performers, but the entire crew behind the scenes, I mean, everyone, we filmed this uh, down on the SS Lane Victory, which was tremendously inspirational because it was a, a former merchant marine ship for the Vietnam War as well as uh, Korea and World War II. And we were surrounded around uh, some of the old veterans, and it was just uh, incredibly inspiring for a film that, like I said, from a company that normally can be a little campy, uh, this one, again, has some weight to it, and, and uh, we're really excited uh, to show it to everybody uh, this summer there. All right, thank you. And last but not least, uh, certainly, uh, Ego, please uh, tell us about, about your role. Всем привет. As you can notice, I was perfectly lined up with the Russian villains role. So I played <laughs> Captain Ivanov, or it's properly pronounced Ivanov, uh, captain of Russian submarine. And uh, we, you know, faced all together, we faced the big shit, and we fight against the world together. <laughs> You will be surprised, Americans and Russians can fight against something, you know, together. 
and this is the, the main point of the whole movie. And uh, this is my 12th uh, feature movie, and uh, you may see me in uh, another asylum project called uh, Troy's Odysseus. I played King Priam, and this movie is the best movie of Asian market for 2017. I also played Bay Guy, Investigator, etc. And uh, next uh, feature, it's uh, Out of Vengeance. It's uh, one of the movie uh, under the patronage of the Jean Claude Van Damme, and it will be released uh, end of this year, etc., etc. I also on uh, Instagram or Facebook, LinkedIn, everything, Igor Mikidas. And uh, I'm Greek by blood, but I was born and bred in Moscow, so this is the spirit. Excellent. Well, thank you guys for those introductions. Um, most of that stuff I, I knew, but I wanted you know, the audience to hear that from you guys, you know, because there's just something more personal uh, than me just you know, spouting off your IMDB pages. Um, so I want to kind of get into some of the, uh, some of the questions that we have. Um, actually, one of my first note, based on, uh, Dominic, a couple of the pictures that you sent me and some of the uh, pictures on IMDB, uh, and Ego, you just mentioned it. There seems to be some conflict between the Russians and Americans in this. So that was the first thing I noticed. Um, so one of the things I would like to to really ask you guys is um, what, if any, training and preparation was needed for your roles? Like, was there, you know, because I noticed, uh, Carolyn, you have a uh, clearly a fight scene with uh, Amy Stolt. Uh, mm-hmm. And there seemed to be a, a, a square off between Dominic and uh, Ego there as well. So, you know, was there some fight training, maybe some stunt work that you guys needed to do? Um, uh, whoever wants to jump in can jump in on this. Uh, yeah, Mario Rocco was our stunt coordinator. Uh, he's a longtime Hollywood veteran. And uh, he took some time with not only Caroline and also Amy Stolte, who couldn't be here today, uh, but also myself as well as Ego. And they were pretty intense. Uh, Ego and I, I can speak on behalf of ourselves, we, we got into it uh, to such an extent, I can't even remember even during football practice where I threw up afterwards. I mean, that's how intense <laughs> we were going. But, you know, the thing is, it, it also gave me an opportunity to really respect stunt performers because a lot of times throughout the years, I remember, you know, I would hit up stunt coordinators and say, hey, you know, I, I can take a gunshot or I can take a, a you know, obviously a swim or I can take a fall. And there were certain stunts within this fight scene that were so intense that really gave me an appreciation. And one of the things we mentioned in, a, in an interview or just a, it was a Q&A with a good friend of ours uh, was just saying that, you, you know, I don't I mean, it's such a narcissistic town, right, in so many ways. But I really would love to see over the next few years some of these actors going up with their stunt doubles because the amount of work and sacrifice that these people do that are literally life-threatening. And we've had over the last couple of years with a female uh, who passed away, unfortunately, up in uh, Vancouver. And then also on Walking Dead, I believe a few months ago, they also had another tragedy. But these people literally give their lives. And, I mean, you've you got to share, if there's any award, I mean, whether we receive it or any of these other artists, I mean, really, there's a tremendous amount of respect, not only for the coordinators, but also the people that come in and double uh, on situations that we're just too afraid to do. Um, but I will put saying that, not only Caroline and Amy, but also Egon and I, we gave our heart and soul, not only physically, but also emotionally, in those intense scenes that uh, you'll see in a couple months there. I'm very excited for that. Uh, Carolyn, uh, explain your experience. Yeah, um, well, Mario was just really great. He was he would work beside us and show us the moves and like 
piecemeal it down because for me, I've done some um, combat training back when I was in drama school, but this was my first fight scene on screen. So, um, and he was really careful with me and broke it down. And it was really fun working with Amy because she was just, we were both 100% committed to it. I'm really excited to see uh, what it looks like, but it was definitely intense um, and, yeah, a, a really good battle scene, I'd say. Ego, would you say that was uh, pretty much sums up uh, your training? Like, had you done training in some of your previous films? Yeah, I'm a military guy, and it's Russian army. It's uh, not a joke, you know, as you can imagine. So it's it's okay for me. I'm very often fighting in uh, at like a stage combat uh, level uh, for movies, and uh, Mario did a great a great job. But for me, it was what was hardest is to control my emotions and do not follow my instincts because once when I start to follow the instincts I almost kill Dominic because <laughs> the goal was to kill him it was fight for the death or life real and when I when I stop realize that I'm on set I was really ready to kill yeah. my enemy we so, had we had a little bit of a situation there uh, you know not, not without giving too much away but yeah the, the kick Missed the chest pad <laughs> and uh, went to the neck. But again, it was out of complete mutual respect that we both were giving our heart and soul. So it was nothing personal at all. Um, but the beautiful thing is, is that it's going to be all there for the audience to see. Uh, that, that again, I mean, again, even through the acting performances too, the entire cast, I mean, people who aren't even here really gave their heart and soul. And the other thing I wanted to mention was we were on a pretty heavy clip in terms of the speed that we had to film. I, normally, regular shooting days, I would say on average, are about six to se seven pages. We were looking at about 15 to 20, believe it or not. Uh, but I, that, that also is a compliment to the director, James Thomas, as well as our director of photography, uh, who just did an amazing job. Now, Elizabeth, you mentioned that you, uh, you played the engineer in this film. Now, do you have any of that uh, in your background, or was this stuff that you had to completely learn? Like, were there, you know, tools that you had to handle that you weren't used to, or, you know, just technical aspects of the, the role that um, were completely foreign to you? Well, what's interesting is I have a pretty big background with tools. Uh, one aspect of that, I suppose, would come from my father. I grew up in Pennsylvania, and... He's that, uh, you know, East Coast, you know, mountain man, hunter guy. So I learned all that stuff growing up. So I was very familiar with all the tools. And then as I was going through school at Cal State LA, I actually took on a job there within the theater. And professionally, I worked there and in other theaters um, doing lighting, doing, uh, you know, building sets and things like that. So I've always been very hands-on. Pleasure. With you. <laughs> So it was, it was fun. It was fun to get in there and use my hands. I tend to be a very physical actor, so I enjoy, um, I mean, I enjoy speaking, of course, but I, I do enjoy giving that character, that physicalization and that life where people, they want to say, man, that's, they're doing some work on there and, and they know what they're doing. So it was a really fun role for me to jump into. All right, so you, obviously you had the background, so it's, it's, it's going to look authentic, you know, which is what really what you're going for. So, I mean, I don't know how often you've worked on, you know, like a, a Navy equipment, but with your background, you're able to just pick that right up. So that's awesome. And yeah. uh, Paulina, how about you? Any, uh, any excessive uh, or extra training that you would need for your role? 
play an engineer um, in the film as well. Okay. Um, without giving away too much, um, I had to like build things in the movie. Um, and no, I have no background in like engineer. I don't even know how to change my tire. Like, <laughs> I'd be so screwed if I got a flat tire. Um, if a big shark is attacking, <laughs> she's never had the experience of a shark attacking the ship. We would all die. <laughs> Shane would not say anything. <laughs> she had to act at a certain point. Um, but of course, James really helped out with that. You know, obviously, as as the director, he he really like walked me through everything. Um, but no, I know my dad wanted me to be an engineer. So, <laughs> I guess I could tell him that I was one in the movie. Oh, it's like that, you know, those old commercials, like, no, but I play one on TV, you know? Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, Dominic, I know you and I talked about this, so I'm going to have you go last for this question. But what sure. specifically about these roles appeal to you? Uh, Eagle, we'll go first with you. Specifically? Yeah, like, what about the role uh, appealed to you that you were like, you know what, this is something that I want to do? Yeah, uh, as I noticed, the most of most of the action movies nowadays they do not have story. Megalodons they do have a story and it's very very well uh, dynamic and very well developed and very well hidden until the last five minutes of the mo- movie. I believe audience will not have a even single clue how it will end up. So very well developed story and I love to do it. And I love to play Russians because I believe that Hollywood is struggling with the Russian actors, real Russian actors, real Russian heroes. Mostly the cowboys trying to fake up the accent and try to behave like a cowboys, uh, you know, when they actually play Russians. And it sounds terrible and looks terrible and uh, it's, it's laughing. 200 million Russian people worldwide laughing on the, oh, every single movie Hollywood made with Russians inside without Russian actors. So I was inspired. And I was, it was uh, uh, a really a pleasant work for me. It's my second job for assigning. And I can see they, they're growing, growing, and growing. And they care about the quality of the production because they don't have a millions and millions to shave shit at the post-production <laughs> level. So this is why they're real, you know, confident the quality of their production as high as possible. And you can see it. You know, everyone inspired, actors, production team, and I love working in this, you know, environment. Yeah, beautiful I, job. I definitely agree with you on the uh, the Russian accent thing. I mean, you know, you look at the first image that popped to my mind was Sean Connery in The Hunt for Red October. He didn't even really try. <laughs> you know, he just kept yeah. his Scottish accent. <laughs> so I, I can understand your uh, your your willingness to be like, you know what, like, let me show you how it's done. And that's good. Like, you want authenticity in your roles. Um, yeah. Paulina, how about you? What attracted you to this role? Um, I originally auditioned for a different role. And then... Uh... Uh, they offered me the role of Chang, which I found out later on was originally written as a man. And then I guess they decided to change it, and then they wanted me to be Chang. So I already, like, that was, like, really cool and made me feel really awesome. So I was like, wow, this is really cool. And also, I've never played any characters like Chang before. Like, I always get cast as, like, either... The ditzy girl or like the bitchy girl or whatever you know so and I've never done like an action like sci-fi movie before so I I always want to challenge myself into doing new things and just like Ego said um 
because he's worked on another asylum movie before. When I worked on um, Jurassic World, I had so much fun. So I knew this was going to be, like, fun. I knew. I just wanted to have fun. That's my main goal for every role I take on. I just want to have fun. <laughs> Caroline, how about you? Yeah, well, instantly when I read through the script, I saw something more there between Dominic and my character. You know, he's he's my... He was more than just my boss. There was a relationship there um, uh, that I thought was interesting and that I was looking forward to exploring. And I also recognized in in Lynn, she's she's very driven. She's she's really hungry and skilled. And I just love when I get the chance to portray somebody with strength, um, but all, who also has some learning to do. And so I thought that she had really interesting qualities that. I was interested in, but um, I had to do some research because I've never obviously been in the Navy. I have a couple friends who are Marines that I got to talk to um, about what their life is like, just to get an insight insight into that world. And I, you know, did gym workouts like the one that you have to do to pass the test to qualify and stuff like that, just to get my body ready to to be this person. Um, because as Dominic said before, we we shot this so fast. Um, we didn't have that much time. We had five days to prep between, or at least I had five days between when I found out I was going to be playing this character and the first day of shooting. So, you know, we were on our toes the entire time, and that was exciting to me as well, so I was really ready to just do it. Hey, uh, Elizabeth? Yeah, honestly, I just kind of want to echo pieces of what everybody said so far. First and foremost, it's an honor to play anybody that is serving this country. I think it's so important and we need to we need to respect that. We need to respect what they do and it's a job for us to represent that well on screen as well as the rest of the crew representing that well in the story. And that brings me to what they were saying about the crew. I've worked with I would say about 80% of the people that were on the crew in this movie in different capacities and different projects. So when I knew they were all coming together to make this movie, I knew I wanted to be part of it. And on top of that, in regards to what Paulina was saying, there is such amazing diversity within the cast. And I know for a fact that the director and the producer, they both wanted that diversity. They wanted to show female strength in these positions and they also wanted to show every color there is because it should be well represented not only in the people that serve our country but it should be represented in hollywood as well i agree that was well said and uh dominic i know this uh holds a special place for you why don't you explain that to us please uh sure well there's a there's a couple of parts to it number one uh specifically uh, just like elizabeth was saying in regards not only the diversity uh, but also the strength of women and also for me in particular, I, you know, it's, it's no secret there's obviously some very intense social issues right now. Um, I was raised by my mother. Uh, I was, I've worked for women for 23 years. It's not only empowering women, but at the same time, making sure that male characters as well still maintain their alpha. And one thing I loved about this script was that perfect balance of not only empowering women, but also at the same time remaining uh, as leaders in strength uh, for men as well, unapologetically. Uh, so that to me meant the world just because I was, we were able to live within that world where I don't think you don't need to dismiss one in order to have the other. You know, both men and women and people of all races, we come up together as one. And the one word I'm always passionate about is humanism and egalitarian. 
because basically it's, it's equal all across the board. So Caroline and I, our relationship, um, I was so passionate about because of, of that dynamic. And again, it was completely professional in, in terms of our characters. Uh, secondly, of course, uh, my grandfather, my maternal grandfather was a member of the 4th Infantry. I just posted yesterday in regards to you know his journey. And uh, he was such a, an inspiration. So I never had the privilege of serving, uh, but he was sort of my father figure growing up. I, my parents split when I was very young. And for this man, as well as so many soldiers who sacrificed their lives, uh, whether they survived or they did at Normandy, and to be at Utah Beach and be part of the 4th Infantry, which, again, I think received uh, the most casualties that day, uh, was really just special for me, even though he's, he's moved on and he's passed away, uh, to be able to represent him uh, even as part of the United States Navy there. That's very well said. And, uh, Ashes, I know you have a uh, question from uh, our, our absentee <laughs> Uh, Agent Nicole. Yeah, so this is a question for everyone. Uh, what was the most difficult part about filming this film, and did you have any anxieties about filming certain scenes? Who wants to take this one? I, I feel like I feel like the hardest scenes to film were the ones where we were wa- the walk and talks, where it was like one long yeah. shot, like continuous shot where you could not mess up. Yeah, there were, there were certain um, takes where we didn't have any time to come up for air. There was nothing they could cut away to. There was no little, uh, you know, B-roll of a little pen. <laughs> yeah, it was just like one long shot. <laughs> yeah. And you better get all your lines. Yeah. Yeah, that was difficult. Ladies, anything else? Um, I guess I was nervous a bit about doing the fight. Um, that was something. But then, then I met Mario, and he really all those fears but before I was like you know am I going to be able to sell this fight Is it, am I going to get the technique am I going to hurt Amy like, so that was one thing that I was leading up to a little bit you know nervous about doing yeah. but, oh, go ahead, Liz. yeah yeah Elizabeth yeah I, I this is kind of kind of on topic kind of off topic but not about a particular scene but about filming the whole thing all together the locations were so stellar they were all ships not boats ships and submarines and real things that were floating in water so the first couple days we were like okay getting our ship legs cool and then toward the end of the shoot i don't know about you guys but I would go home and have my ship legs. I would go home and I'd be walking around like, oh my gosh, is there another Southern California earthquake? And the one day while we were filming, there actually was. There was a Channel Islands earthquake, and I wasn't on set that day, but I you know, messaged production, and I was like, hey, just to let you know, there was an earthquake. You guys are on a boat in Long Beach. Like, be careful of the water. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what's coming. But so that was kind of the interesting part. And as far as I know, none of us really got seasick mm-hmm. at all. So that was amazing. I can't imagine what kind of wrench that would have thrown. <laughs> uh, one of the things, I, Caroline and I had close to 100 pages. And literally, we got this script about four or five days before. Uh, so as much as, thank God, we're not old in our age and not in our years yet. I mean, it certainly was a little overwhelming in terms of being able to gather all of that. I mean, I think an actor has two nightmares. One is the old waiting tables one, where you feel like you can't keep up with seven tables, right? And the other one is standing on stage in front of a large audience and realizing you don't know any of your lines. Um, and then the other thing was, like I said, Ego and I, we went at it so uh, heavily that I, I got a little scared at one point once we got, I got a, 
I got a kick there because uh, I felt my neck swelling up, and I was like, all right, well, at least uh, they got most of it in the can, so yeah. if this is the last one, they could just put it uh, slowly in memory of Dominic Pace. <laughs> Ego, anything uh, from you on this? Uh, the open sea, because we do have a very intensive scene uh, on, in the ocean, yeah, and it was a little bit annoying because the guys who help us to operate the boats, the old fellows, and they were so slow and so pedantic. <laughs> they, they, still, they stole probably three hours of our time just maneuvering with the boats and trying to find a good location. Because it was, I was literally ready to kick, him out, kick them out, you know, and do ourselves. Because, yeah. But this is procedure. We have to be careful. You have to follow the rules, etc. Right. And I do respect. Those guys actually are real heroes. Those guys are... Uh, guys who who were in Navy during the World War II and they continue to serving for the ship, they continue to introduce uh, the ship and what it's like for the tourists and for the crews of the movies. So they're real good guys with all respect. But for me, it was a little bit long time, you know, wasting, 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 waiting for the you know angle, sun, dolphins around. What else? <laughs> <laughs> They kept they kept playing playback for their commercial, uh, you know, real meal for five bucks across the way. So we had a we had and then our, we were losing sun one day, and that, that became a little dramatic one day there. Yeah, and Chinese Chinese cruise sheep they just parked in front of us and just closed <laughs> our backstage completely. And uh, yeah, but we have a guns, and probably they realize that the, they're in danger so they finally get out of it. <laughs> yeah, so do you have another question yeah so we all know that asylum has a certain reputation around its films and dominic you mentioned that this isn't your typical asylum film what separates this film specifically from the rest of the asylum catalog uh, uh james thomas our director uh, he literally uh made, was very adamant that he did not want any uh, any of us flying with chainsaws and doing uh, 20, 20 double kicks while the Megalodon went over the ship in some glorious Disney fashion uh, while we're all sitting there in awe. Uh, it, it, uh, it's a lot more base to it, which is great. I mean, obviously, in the real world, I would compare it almost to, like, say, a Jurassic Park, to where, yes, it's obviously, you know, suspension of disbelief, but at the same time, it's not Ian's hearing where you have sharks in the Hollywood Hills coming from Santa Monica uh, that just happen to be there. Uh, the other thing is, and, and again, I, I will boast for us, uh, each and every member of this cast, uh, there were some solid performances. You know, you could feel it on the day. So a lot of times, okay, you know, of course we had Michael Madsen as well, such a, a legendary veteran, but at the same time, uh, they did a really good casting process with this, and I felt it every single day in terms of the passion and the time that, that everyone took as far as with the scenes, even though we were under a tight gun, and, and I hope that you guys will agree genuinely when you see it, that I believe that separates. And no disrespect to Asylum and some of the other shows, but at the same time, everybody brought it, and, and I was on set almost every day. Yeah. I'd like to add to that, if yes, I may. Yes, absolutely. Because James Thomas is excellent, and I think his partner, because they've worked together 
numerous times now. Uh, he had this great partner named Canyon Prince who was the producer on the film. So very often we say that a producer puts together all of the pieces. They say, here you go, on the day, you have all these things to play with. You have a ship, you have the costumes, you have these people, here's your crew, here's your equipment, right? And then the director goes ahead and they say, okay, this is how we're gonna use that to make this picture. And I think them working together, James Thomas and Canyon Prince, for the years and years and years and the other projects that they've done together as two guys in a film, and then inserting that into the asylum model with this story, was just brilliant because what's going to come out in a couple months is going to be very enjoyable not only from a visual perspective but from a story perspective and that's super exciting i i think that's what really sets it apart even with the stunt coordination you know there was nothing that was absolutely ridiculous where I, you know we we're flying off the top turnbuckle like randy savage you know everything was <laughs> genuinely uh, uh organic and, and natural so uh, i i was really grateful for that where there was not one false moment in regards to the script where nothing that didn't need to be there, you know, everything was there legitimately, and the same with the fight scenes as well. See, that's one of the, like, uh, biggest pet peeves I have about films is, you know, I'm fine with the suspension of disbelief. You know, I get that. Right. I know that there's really not a theme park filled with dinosaurs. I'm fine with that. <laughs> I understand. But you don't, want, you don't want Carrie Fisher flying in the middle of space uh, while exactly. all the bad guys die and the good guys stay alive on the ship when a big missile goes. I feel you. Yeah, yeah. As long as, like, here are the rules and we're sticking by the rules, like, I'm fine with that. Like, you know, yes. I, again, I'm fine with the suspension of disbelief. But like you said, you know, soaring through space and only the good guys live or launching yourself into a tornado armed only with a chainsaw, you know. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I love me some Sharknado films. Yeah, I love the asylum stuff, and this is this is going to be uh, kind of shocking for my listeners to to realize. But I own a lot of these different shark movies. I own a bunch of the Sharknados, you know, Mega Shark versus Croctopus, all that stuff. I do not own Jaws, which is a, a sense of personal shame for me. But uh, I will I will be remedying that soon. But you know, like, and if, that's, the, if the shark was, yeah. I was going to say, if the shark was a real mammal, they would feel very honored that they were respected within the script. He yes. didn't have the, uh, the Megalodon do anything that was ridiculously outrageous, thank God. Yeah. And now, um, I have a couple... Oh, I do want to hear a roar. I, I, I feel like emailing James and just saying, hey, there's got to be some kind of roar to this. <laughs> <laughs> something, something kind of, you know, a little bit out there, but also uh, uh, something powerful. So we'll right. see what they do with VFX. So I do have a couple more questions for you guys, and I really appreciate you guys hanging out with us and, and taking time out of your schedules. I really do appreciate it. Um, so we're going to kind of back away from the, the film so much because this is something I want to know. Uh, if you had the opportunity to appear in any franchise ever, uh, playing either a good guy, bad guy, or a rogue, rogue element to the story... What would you pick? What franchise and what type of character would you be? Ooh. All right, Elizabeth. Hey. Elizabeth, you seem to be. You seem to know. I want to be like the first, first, first one to leave the Shire. Okay. I, I want to go on the adventure before all of the adventures. Like, I don't know, like Bilbo Baggins' mentor or something. 
can we write like a prequel to the prequel? And I like this wonderful female character goes out of the Shire and battles some like dragons and stuff. That's that's just me. So Middle Earth is to answer your question. Okay, that's fair. And I'm uh, as an adventurer, would you be you know you'd be the hero of the story then? Oh, of course, but you know, there's things out there that can be pretty iffy. They're pretty taunting, you know, to take me over to the dark side, so to speak, which is another franchise that I'm going to leave that one up to somebody <laughs> else. But uh, yeah, I, I think I think there there would be a lot of conflict, a lot of drama, depending on what part of the world you would go in and the different nemesis you would reach. Nemesi, nemes, nemesis. Sure, any of those. Uh, I think it would be pretty fun. Okay. Who's next? <laughs> <laughs> Who's next? I can take the Sorry, ladies. Okay. So, as a man, I would love to save the world. Okay. Obviously. Because I obviously the best guy to save the world is the James Bond stuff. But Russian James Bond <laughs> may add a lot of cultural, uh, you know, paint, a lot of colors into the character. And I do believe that James Bond nowadays must be more human. The man who can laugh, real life, not not make sex, but do laugh. Uh, the guy who can cry, who can smile, who has something apart from his job. This is a hero which people do believe. And this is a people, uh, the hero people will follow. Because uh, all previous, you know, trademarks, they're a little bit like robotic uh, killers and uh, you know, guys who trained only to do their job best in the world. But we're all humans. And I believe if Russians will play James Bond, it will be more beautiful and more, <laughs> especially nowadays, you know, when there's a huge issue between America and uh, Russia yeah. for nothing. But this is kind of cultural uh, support will help people to understand and get rid of this shit you know, and propaganda and all this stuff, which actually poisoning people's mind. Yeah. I think we can do, we can help people who can save the world through the art, through the movies, and through the stories perfectly written and uh, played. That's interesting. Um, the, it made me think of, there's a, a Batman storyline where uh, it's called Krypton Red Sun. I know it's a it's a Superman and Batman story where instead of landing in Kansas, Superman lands in Moscow and becomes a tool of the Russian government. And Batman, <laughs> you know, you know, uh, there's a conflict between the two of them. If you ever get into voice acting, that's one that I think you would do really well at, you know, playing, you know, uh, Batman, because Batman's the hero of that story, if I remember correctly. Uh, I think that would be really interesting. It's kind of. Uh, it's sort of like what you're talking about, where you're taking, you know, a, a historically non-Russian character and turning them into a Russian character, which I think would be a really interesting take, uh, especially a Russian James Bond, because, I mean, how many Russian bad guys have there been in this franchise? Um, I think that's a really interesting take on the character, and I would like to see something like that. Thank you. You will. <laughs> I hope so. I promise you will. Um <laughs> uh, how about uh, Paulina, Caroline? Uh, which of you would like to oh, go next? This is tough. I know. I, I, I feel like trying to think of something. Dominic, do you have something? I'm caught between, between two things. Okay. One, it, I mean, it's already been made, but 
Harry Potter. Oh my god! Okay. <laughs> I love Harry Potter. Maybe we'll get together. Yeah. So, like, I just think it's the perfect world where there's like great story going on between the people, and you know, you've got your like iconic characters, but then there's magic and like fighting, and I think it's just the perfect <laughs> mix between what I love. But I also was gonna say like a Jessica Jones type show Ooh. because she, yeah, like the, that show with an imperfect lead who's like. I guess what I really like is just seeing the strong story of a person with the action. And so I think those are two good examples of that, things that I would love, love, love to be in. Well, what what house would you be in if you were in Harry Potter? Well, I love to say Gryffindor. <laughs> <laughs> but probably, I don't know. I mean, they might put me in uh, Ravenclaw. <laughs> I can see that. I, I think that's that. Paulina, how about you? If you can say the same thing, that's fine. I was thinking that, but I also really love comedy. So, like, I feel like um, I would love to play in like one of those um, like Seth Rogen movies, like mm-hmm. Hangover, like not Hangover, but like. What's that one movie? A forty-year-old virgin, yep. <laughs> or something like that. But like all Asians, I don't know. Like something like it would be funny. Or like Crazy Rich Asians too. Yes. The second one, you know, because I know that one's gonna be a good one. Okay. It looks really great. I mean, it's because it's all Asians, you know. I'm just gonna keep saying Asians. That's fine. You know, I, I <laughs> we're trying to figure out. You know, this is a question I'm just randomly springing on you guys. You know, so I'm very but curious. Then, what if Harry Potter came out with okay? Because you remember how he was like in love with that Asian girl, yeah. Cho Chang. Okay, so like, what? Yes, exactly. So what if they made like another movie where it was like, what if? And then like Harry Potter marries her, and then I could be like the daughter. I don't know, or like the mom. I don't know. That would be interesting. Russian professor. <laughs> <laughs> Russian professor. There you go. Uh, Dominic, how about you? Uh, in 2010, I did a, uh, a photo shoot with a gentleman by the name of Eric Curtis, and I, I was in a tuxedo. Uh, and uh, it just put out into one uh, comic book site that I'd be interested in playing Lex Luthor. Well, if you Google Dominic Pace Lex Luthor, this was right before Henry Cavill was cast, so there was a handful of names that were thrown around for Lex and also uh, Superman. And uh, we got as far as uh, Laurel Kennedy... Basically, emailing back my, my agent and my manager saying they're going to go with Zod for this one. Uh, but my name was getting tossed in the hat with some pretty big people, Billy Zane and also uh, Dominic Purcell and, then of course, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis and such and, and Brian Cranston. But it was uh, at that time that they went with uh, Eisenberg. But I hope that if they do a reboot, it would be a privilege because there's so many layers to that character and uh, it would be a lot of fun. But, yeah, if you look at the images, uh, Dominic Pace, Lex Luthor, um, Hopefully we can get back there. I'm looking at wow. him now. Man of yes. steely determination is what the uh, headline under the picture says. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely think you would have done a better job than uh, than Eisenberg. Eisenberg. That's me personally. Yeah, yeah I, I, I hope they, like I said, I hope they will continue, even with Star Wars, to bring back this strength here and, and, and some of the alpha power. I mean, we obviously, you know, it, it, the pendulum needs to swing the other way, but it'd be nice to have tall, big, tall guys like uh, Ego and I to, to be able to take over the screen here. Some of these uh, people are, are a little bit too wiry and, and five foot one. You know, they look like they were fresh out of college. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I get you. Yeah. So, 
we got a couple more questions, if you guys don't mind. Um, Let's do it. So, for this question, um, I'm curious. I don't know if you don't want to go into too much spoiler territory. That's fine. Uh, and this is for whoever would like to uh, to answer this because this okay. is just a generic movie question here. Uh, how much of the film is CGI and how much of it is practical effects? Like when it comes to either the shark itself or the, you know, uh, damage that the shark is causing or the interaction with the shark. Is there, you know, like in Jaws, for example, you know, you see like uh, the effects of the shark, like the shark, you know, crashing into the boat or the barrels popping up and down, you know. So how much of that, you know, is like a 50-50 type thing or uh, what do we got? I mean, you know, again, we're dealing with the budget, you know, as well. I mean, that's the other thing, too. And I hope that, you know, people will tip their cap to us because, again, you you know, Meg, I'm sure for Warner Brothers must have been $50 million up against <laughs> our, what, 100000 I mean, I can't even speculate in terms of what, you know, between Madison's salary and then also the VFX and the post. Um, but maybe about 25% or so. Um, again, we had a tremendous amount of dialogue. Uh, and they certainly had to cover up a lot of the skyline because we were shooting right there, right on the shore mm-hmm. uh, over in San Pedro. Um, but overall, I mean, I, I think it's almost a relief, and I hope that that won't be a factor uh, due to so many of the performances that will hopefully uh, bring the audience through. Well, and that's the thing, well, you know, the- You know, again, to bring up Jaws, I mean, you don't see the shark for 90% of the movie, and yeah. it's incredibly effective. Like, yeah. um, you know, I'm a big horror fan, and one of the things that, you know, uh, in the horror community, like they, they try to explain is, you know, it's when you give the monster a form, it sometimes ceases to be scary. Yeah. What you can imagine and what I can imagine as being terrifying, like just you guys in that room, all five of you are going to have a different opinion and a different uh, vision when you're like, you know, this shapeless horror and it's not going to be the same for any one of you. But once you put a face on that and a shape mm-hmm. to it, for a lot of people, it ceases to be terrifying when you set the you're limits. Right. So you're right. Three, three, uh, three films. I mean, you bring up three, uh, you know, three good films, and that for me would be, of course, Blair Witch, mm-hmm. where again you're using your imagination. Uh, Paranormal Activity was made to Paramount uh, for fifty thousand dollars, and then one just recently, which I loved so much. It was another one with the imagination. Was Unfriended. And that was so much fun. And again, the same thing in regards to the imagination. But with that being said, I, I thought the artwork, even for the poster alone, for this uh, this beast, I mean, looks absolutely amazing. So we're hoping yeah. it'll come through all the way through. And, yeah, um, and I want to ask what you said, Dominic, because yeah. I, I actually want to go a smaller percentage, uh, less than 25%. I know that both Kenyon Prince and James Thomas swear by doing as much practically as possible. So every single thing you see in the movie is going to be something we shot. Uh, if there are plate shots with things added on top of it, like there's there's not really going to be anything that's created in the CGI world. Now another shout out back to James Thomas again. He's taking care of all of these little things. So like the gunshots and those effects, things like that. And it's not so much the budget as it is about the number of shots that get the CG on top of it. So the budget is the budget, but then we have throwing out a random number, whatever you can think of between, you know, 20 and 100, we have this many shots that get CGI on top of it. 
So this one, they've kept it, they've kept it low. Um, we swear by practical, and that's another really cool thing about working with this crew. A good example of that, also in terms of performance, as far as if the performances hold up, I mean, you can really get amazing film. Uh, who's the gentleman who won uh, Best Supporting Actor this year for three billboards? Uh, Sam Rockwell. Yeah. Sam Rockwell, yeah. He did a movie called Moon about, uh, I don't know, about maybe a decade ago. Mm -hmm. And the same thing where really he stayed within I mean, almost one room. It was almost like 12 angry men to where you're captivated from start to finish uh, just by his performance, you know. So uh, we hope that we can get there because, again, a lot of it was put in our hands. And I think that we have to the plate there. I mean, I... Personally, uh, I'm with you guys. I prefer the practical effects. I mean, mm -hmm. some of the greatest films I've seen, some of the best, uh, the best stuff I've seen is is just practical effects. I mean, obviously, the first one that comes to mind is The Thing with John Carpenter um, from 1982. Like that, those those practical effects were amazing. And then um, maybe my favorite my favorite thing ever. Uh, the uh, thriller video with Michael Jackson, like those are all practical effects. Like, you know, they worked with John Landis and they worked with Rick Baker and guys like Stan Winston. Uh, they're amazing. Ashes, you look like you were going to say something. Well, I was just going to say, you know, um, aside from the effects, I think there's something to be said about, you know, uh, minimal effects, but the combination of excellent writing and very well, you know, um, acted parts and fully developed characters that can really make for a great movie, like mm -hmm. a suspenseful, horrific, fearful movie. You don't need all of that CGI if you have really great acting. I agree. We had, some, we had uh, all across the board, we had some pretty good motivation because we were going at such a, a fast clip. Uh, one of the things was, I mean, in terms of getting the shot, you know, whether it was time or whatever, uh, you know, obviously when things, you know, might not have gone the right way or maybe just, you know, again, making sure, you know, one actor or the other has their lines or we didn't have a line or whatever, that kind of sometimes would add to our passion and our intensity of the situation that that was at hand. And again, I mean, the one great thing about the script is it's kind of nonstop from start to finish. So I, I remember, and I know Caroline and I were together <laughs> most of the days, where there were certain factors and certain elements and the great thing with James, he would come back in and be like, no, 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 he's just staying right there. He's like, you got it right here because I know you're pissed off that whatever this happened or that happened. Uh, so that kind of motivated us through into hopefully, again, where we're believable right here and right here and here. Yeah. Now, uh, just two questions left, I think. Um, and it, it, this goes to the CGI type question. Um, how difficult is it, if you've ever worked with CGI, how difficult is it reacting to something that isn't there, something that will be added in post? I know with, you know, some of the more recent movies and, you know, uh, the first thing that pops into my mind is uh, Game of Thrones, where they'll have props or if, uh, you know, with some of the uh, like Avenger stuff, if they, they're trying to figure out where to look and, you know, you've got a guy in a green suit wearing a, a giant stick on his back. It's like, okay, look up there. That's where you're reacting to. But it's not the same. Like, you have to react to, you know, say, uh, a shark or a dinosaur coming at you. Um, how, how different is that, you know, compared yeah. to... Go ahead. Uh, without giving away any spoilers, <laughs> um, my character, Lynch, had to deal with that a lot. And there were a lot of scenes where I'm looking at a mark or something blank, you know, and having to respond um, to, to something pretty big going on. And I found that, 
like, I was intimidated by it at first, but when you start doing it, you'd be surprised how strong your own imagination is. And so these scenes um, were actually really exciting because I didn't have, I don't know, it was just all living in, I'm, I'm trying to be careful with my words here, but, but um, it was an intense experience that I, you know, I just had to make it up and really believe it and, and see it in my mind because it certainly wasn't there. Um, and so, did anyone else? I just, I tried to have a lot I, of that. I, you wanna go? You no, go. you're Okay, okay. Well, my, mine is not from like a CG thing that I had to pretend was there. It was actually from a sound cue I had to pretend was there. I was basically having a big fight with the engine, which is making a noise, which I'm not gonna say anything else about that, but <laughs> it was really loud, and the director was actually like back by Village, like, making the noise, like yelling, screaming at me. And he'd come up to me in between takes and like get in my ear and, sorry, make this like <laughs> huge noise. Like you have to scream louder than this. We need your lines louder than this. Like it is go time and you need to be loud. And I'm just like, oh, you know, like running around, like, like getting myself so hyped up and like getting out of breath and like, so I had, I definitely had it, and it was with the monitors with you, definitely, yeah. for a couple things, but for me, it was that one scene in the engine room where it was just, like, the only way you could prep for something like that is pulling a Jim Carrey and, like, going up Mulholland and just screaming at North Hollywood. <laughs> That's, like, the only thing you could do to prepare for that. Ego, yeah, just... Yeah, yeah, just to summarize, I can I do not remember any single scene we did in front of the green screen. This is very quality, high quality production. And I probably the actual CGI for my account will be less than ten percent. And we, we did a lot of scenes and none of them include any green screen. So we probably you know, will be more real, more genuine than any guardian of the galaxy or <laughs> and that's that's fair. Yeah, and I love this production production because of it as well. Because I personally hate to play in front of the green screen. Personally, I did have this experience before, and you looks like you're faking. You're faking stuff, and you uh, as because an actor, you are. I do not like. I do not like this. So this production very very high quality, and yeah. um, the, of course sharp. Of course, sure. Yeah. <laughs> it should be something. It should be. I don't know how much, but we did have a scene uh, with a reaction to what Sharp doing, and it was a shaking, it was noise, etc. But yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. And it's uh, all I would like to say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I want to add something. But no green screens. Yeah. Um, what what Caroline said earlier about like using your imagination and like having to pretend like something's there when it's not. I feel like as actors though, in the auditioning process, we have to do that every time because you go in the room and it's really cold. The reader's there and like there's this camera in front of your face and sometimes they're like really like reading it really fast or slow or whatever and you really have to like use your imagination. So I feel like that's good practice too. Like totally. Just being able to just go there and be in it, you know. Because, um, I, I mean, I feel like auditioning is harder than getting the actual job. Yeah. Like being <laughs> on set. Yeah. It's like... There's a different little aspect to this too in regards to also 
you know, I had Michael Madsen. We, we, we got the privilege to, we had the privilege of working with Michael Madsen. So sometimes, you know, in situations, I mean, I grew up on this guy, you know, Quentin Tarantino, huge fan. Uh, so sometimes for me, I, I actually enjoy getting in the zone, looking at sometimes a tennis ball. Then sometimes, you know, you have a situation to where, you know, you might be in front of, you know, say, I've worked, you know, with Hugh Jackman or with Will Smith, to where sometimes he might catch you, as opposed to, you know, when you're just working against yourself, to where you're able to kind of get a little bit more zoned in. Uh, so sometimes even with green screen in that regard, it gives you a little more focus as opposed to certain things. Or sometimes, you know, not in this situation on this set, but there may be an actor that's just not there. And that sometimes takes you out of your performance. So sometimes it's actually a benefit to, to go against the green screen or the tennis ball as opposed to a performer if they're, if they're not delivering. Or, again, like I said, we're all human. Sometimes, oh, my God, you know, you're opposite Meryl Streep or you're opposite, you know, Gail Godot. You, you might get a little sweaty, you know? Yeah. <laughs> No, Elizabeth, what you said is is very interesting because, you know, you have yeah. this built-in uh, mechanism in your head where, you know, it's like, I can hear myself, so I must be talking loud enough, especially where you don't have that sound um, playing, like, directly in your ear. You know, you're right. not sure. Like, so that that's an interesting uh, aspect that I hadn't really thought of, you know, and this is why we ask these questions, you know, so folks can kind of, uh, you know, get a peek behind the curtain, so to speak. Well, I was going to say just real quick, one of the things that we all had to adjust to was uh, there was a little bit of shaking on the boat and uh, we all had to have that reaction there. Just, um, and to all your listeners or viewers, it's a, a really interesting thing. So across Anything that you see on, you know, television or screen or whatever it may be, the sound might be in post. Like, uh, you know, the music videos that you see, maybe they have playback, maybe they don't. I've done a number of scenes where I'm, like, dancing in the club, and it is silent. You hear, like, the fog <laughs> machines, and you're like, we are all going to a different beat, but it's going to look awesome. So it... Um, keep that in mind, you know, if you hear, well, don't keep it in mind, watch the movie and enjoy it, but <laughs> if you're hearing something, don't necessarily assume that we're hearing it either. That just might be part of the acting. Now, see, that's really impressive because I don't have rhythm when there is music. I couldn't <laughs> imagine trying to do it without, and Ashes here can attest oh, to no, this. I, I, I don't take him dancing. I go with my girlfriends. He stays home because white boy can't dance. <laughs> no, I am, I am not good. So, um... I think we have one more question. Ashes, do you have anything? No, I'm... Okay, so we asked most of the questions. Now, this is just going to be a generic question. I don't want to... I'm obviously not going to use any, any names or anything, but, you know, when you are dealing with a, a big star, a lot of times they have uh, a lot of, you know, demands and, and uh, a lot of, uh, you know, requests and, you know, things have to be just right. So I guess my question is, uh, how difficult was the Megalodon to work with? Like, was he really demanding, you know, being that he's the title character or? <laughs> oh, absolutely. He wouldn't even come to the crafty table. We had to, like, take the crafty to him. That's it was, yeah, it was crazy. And then one day we had to get a double for the Megalodon, of course, because he just wasn't having it from the day before, from biting this or swishing his tail on that. So it was it was really <laughs> difficult to work with, I gotta say. I imagine. I imagine you need, like, you know, specific wranglers on set, and he won't work with this guy, he'll only yeah. work with yeah. that guy. Yeah. Uh, 
fr- a friend of mine dared me to ask that question. I said, I said I can ask that question. <laughs> yeah. I'll find a creative you know, way. I will, I will. There's about a two-three, there's about a two-three second scene, but I, I talked to the director, uh, and I, again, I can't give it away because I'll give away a little bit of a, a plot point, but uh, that it does involve the, the shark. But uh, I was so grateful the director to allow me to play out this childhood dream of this one, you know, kind of army thing that I always wanted to do. And again, it's only a few seconds, but it was just I was in my glory because it's just one of those things whether you know you're a woman or a guy, you have those dream scenes that you ever mm-hmm. always wanted to do, whether picking up a gun. And, and going crazy or, or, you know, whatever, walking down a ballroom, you know, floor and, you know, a beautiful dress, whatever. Uh, but I, I, there's a certain part of it I got to play out. It was just absolutely, I, I was in my glory. Well, I am, uh, I'm definitely looking forward to this. Um, again, um, you know, to give you a little bit of my background for this, um, when I knew that the Meg was being made, you know, I was very excited because I've read all these books. And again, I love sharks. Like, I have probably what would you say about fifteen stuffed sharks lining the couch in the living room. At least, at least, yeah. Um, so I'm a huge shark fan. Um, and then when I saw you guys were uh, going to be in this film, when I saw that Asylum was putting out a film, I was like, oh, this is great. And then you know, out of you know, I do this all the time. You know, I'm always on Twitter asking folks, hey, how'd you like to come on the podcast? And Dominic, you were like, yeah, I'd love to. And I was like, wait, what? I'm used to not getting any response at all. So, you know, you and I have had some really good conversations. And, you know, I just want to, you know, thank you for, you know, allowing us to have this opportunity because this really does mean a lot. Um, You know, I'm very excited to see this film. I'm very excited to see you guys perform. And, you know, one of the things we like to do on this show, I mean, we don't have, you know, a huge reach. You know, we're not like Kevin Smith's podcast. But, you know, we we're growing and we have, you know, some international reach. We're very big in Scandinavia for some reason. Um, But anytime you guys have anything that you want to promote, you know, even if, you know, it's like a five minute interview, anything like that, you're more than welcome to come back. You know, you know, I follow all of you guys on social media, both as myself and as the the show, which, you know, some of you have, have, you know, reciprocated. So I appreciate that as well. Um, especially when people are cool to us, we try to, you know, promote this as much as possible. Um, you know, we're part of a a network that, you know, is dedicated to, you know, seeing every member of the network succeed. And we really want you guys to succeed. We want this movie to succeed. We're very excited uh, to see this. Um, you know, I wish I could attend the premiere. It would be awesome. Um, but, uh, you know, I just want to thank each one of you individually, you know, Dominic, Ego, uh, Elizabeth, Paulina, Caroline. Thank you very much for, for coming on the show and spending time with us. It, it really does mean a lot to us. Thank you so much. Thank you. Absolutely. It's nothing without the fans. And that's fair. And that's what puts people in seats. You know, if we want yeah. these movies to succeed, like we say this about, you know, on you know, a bunch of my friends, we always say this, you know, if you want the movie to succeed – give the movie producers your dollars like that's how you're going to make a statement so um if you guys have anything else coming up you want to plug i know uh i'm looking forward to triassic park a uh, triassic world uh, it's a very interesting oh pre- it's a very interesting premise uh Dude, i have to it's say gonna be, i went in and did adr and i was actually kind of surprised but like because they're trying to go for like this stranger things feel mm-hmm 
So, like a Stranger Things, like Jurassic World type of feel. So I'm like, oh, that's cool. I, I love those types of like crazy mashups and it's like these crazy plots and it's like, it's so much fun, you know, to, to see this stuff on screen. So, um, but yeah, anything else you guys want to plug before we go? Uh, uh, Elizabeth, Elizabeth and I are going to be at the San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, I, well, for me, particularly that Friday and Saturday, I'll have a booth and I'm just signing for no, no charge at all. So uh, please, if anyone's listening and, and they're happy to go out to uh, San Diego Comic-Con, uh, please uh, stop by and say hi. Yeah, that would be awesome. Uh, do you guys ever get out this way, like out to the, the East Coast, you know, like Rhode Island Comic-Con, Boston Comic-Con, New York, stuff like that? I'm from New York. I'm from Westchester County, and I actually personally visited uh, Joseph A. Silva Beach there, uh, the, the legendary Ground Zero of Jaws. Uh, and we go out to Cape Cod all, uh, all the time, but uh, but absolutely, if I'm ever back in that area, I'd be happy to, uh, to to meet you in person without question. That would be great. I would love it. I would love it. Any uh, And like I said, you guys are always welcome back. Um, Paulina, if you want to come back on and promote uh, your your upcoming movie, I would love to chat with you about that. I also write okay. for a couple of sites. Um, I, I'd love to do interviews with guys, promote this stuff as much as possible, because everybody's got their own little section of geekdom and nerddom. And, you know, <laughs> I would say this is mine. You know, anything, you know, sharks and dinosaurs and monsters. I love that stuff. I can't get enough. Um, anybody else have anything they want to promote? Ego, you said you got something coming up. Yeah, and it will be actually New York TV series. I'm recurring for. They're just looking for extra funds, but it's really playing dirty. It's a TV series about corruption inside, in between the American judges, Russian mafia, you know, the big, big guys, etc. And I hope this, the guys will find uh, enough money to continue because we are currently we just finished with two series uh, episodes. And uh, I will be there as well, uh, probably this year, and I definitely will, you know, knock to the door. All right. And say hello. <laughs> also, uh, June 10th on uh, the Oxygen Network, I have a guest star. It's a new show uh, called Buried in the Backyard. This will be their uh, normal season, and it's uh, basically the, the title is as is. It's uh, Buried in the Backyard. <laughs> so I play one of the uh, detectives there, and that'll air uh, June 10th at 8 o'clock on the Oxygen Network. Excellent. Caroline, uh, anything for you? No, I'm just, you know, looking for that next project, but I will totally keep in touch with you. Absolutely. We'd love to, you know, make sure, because like I said, we, we try to promote everybody's stuff as much as possible. Um, I think that's about it. Um, yeah, you... I just want to thank everyone for taking the time to come on the show. This has been amazing. You guys are incredible. I am so excited to see this movie. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, there's, Thank there's... you so much. And listen, I mean, we'll, we'll talk to the director. We don't know how the media is working right now, uh, but but I've been in, in touch with the producer and the director just in regards. If you guys can take the flight and, and the hotel, I mean, we'll see if we can get you premiere tickets if you guys are interested. Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, we'll yeah. see what we can do. Yeah, we'll... <laughs> we'd rather have you guys in the audience, people genuinely excited than anyone else, you know? And, and I would love to be there because this would be an amazing experience. I've never actually yeah. been to California. Oh, oh awesome! Nice. So we, we 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 know a few people, so we'll yeah. uh, we'll make a few phone calls and, uh, and a few emails, and we'll certainly keep in touch. And then let us know uh, where we can find the link, so we can go ahead and, and spread your word as well. There, with, absolutely. Uh, I'll I will make sure to tag you guys and all the social media stuff that I do. So if you want to spread the word, um, you know we're gonna have pictures up, you know the whole nine. 
Um, so I want to, you know, once again, thank you so much. I've heard so many horror stories from other other shows that are like, oh, man, you know, this this guest came on and they just really weren't into it. Um, you guys had great energy, great attitude. And I again, I'm I was very nervous coming into this, very anxious <laughs> because, you know, I knew we were going to be on Skype. We we're going to be face to face. So I was a little apprehensive. But I think once we got going and you guys are so down to earth and so genuine, uh, it was a lot easier for me. So I want to thank yeah. you for that as well. You guys are incredible. Good yeah. luck with the movie. We can't wait to see it. And thanks again. Thank you so much. Guys. Have a great night. All right, you too, guys. Bye. seek logic in an illogical world? Does your mind seek the knowledge of the universe and its relevance to society? Does your soul require a depth rarely found in the existence currently available to humankind? Here you laddie, where are you going with Antartes? Get over here son, I'll break uh, your fucking arse son, got- come here! Then keep looking, because Stascast isn't for you. Can't see this folks, but what I did was, uh, just in preparation of this discussion, I just went through You a- fucking prepared? Stascast does however bring you conversation from professional non-professionals about music, film, television, technology, society, in existence as a whole, or in pieces. Finally we got to the point of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm like we, will always, we will always gravitate back to the anus. It is our home point from which all humor in this podcast will be generated. Jump into the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com slash StasCast. not a comedy podcast. This is a really badly organized intervention. You can also find StasCast at Stitcher Radio and on iTunes. It's all serious talk about stupid shit. You know, if you've got the kettle flax around your neck and you're about to kick the stool from underneath you, you know what? Why not look it up? shit how fucking cool is that dude i i still have this huge smile on my face that you guys can't see talk about some really awesome people yeah really awesome 
Yeah, this was... That was so rad. This was awesome. It was so rad. Like, I, Patsy's grinning from ear to ear. Like, he's, he's going to be smiling for weeks. I, I thought I'd maybe get three or four questions, but they stayed on the line with us over an hour. Yeah, that that's... What a great group of people. Yeah, and... Uh, that, that really was good. I'm really, like, I was excited for the movie before because I really enjoy those types of movies. But now having, you know, had this interaction with the actors and, and, and cast, I'm so freaking excited for this movie. Yeah, I, I'm more excited now. I didn't think I could be, but I'm more excited now for this movie than And what I a was perfect prior. summer movie. Like, shark movies in summer just go so well together. Yeah, I mean, Jaws was the first blockbuster. That's why all the blockbusters come out in the summer now. Um, you know, and they're just carrying the torch, so to speak. I do want to give a quick little shout-out to uh, Crumb from the Casual Sex with Crumb podcast. Because he was the one who dared me to ask if the uh, if the uh, megalodon was tough to work with, so I I wanted to come up with a creative way to ask that question. I think I did all right, and uh, our <laughs> Elizabeth did a hell of a job answering that. Yes. That was that was pretty yes, great. That was great. I just want to clarify: I was in no way. Like, I was legitimately talking about the Megalodon as if it was a, a physical character on set. I was in no way referring to Michael Madsen. Um, you know, because I know I meant, you know, big star and everything. I was legitimately, I, I wasn't talking about Michael Madsen at all. I just want to make sure that's clear. So, Jesus. Right. And so the movie, Megalodon, is expected to premiere August 31st of this year on Sci Fi. Yes, uh, as with most of the um, most of the uh, asylum films, uh, they get their uh, their premiere on Sci-Fi, and I don't know. Maybe we should start a Patreon to get us out to uh, California to go to the premiere <laughs> live stream. Yeah, that. we'll see. We'll see. We we also have regular day jobs that we have to do as well. But so I, I don't wanna. I, I, I wanna know. go to California and see the movie the people. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. Wanna. But that was really freaking awesome. So thank you to the cast of Megalodon for taking the time and hanging out with us and answering our, our crazy questions. Yes, specifically, you know, you know, Dominic Pace, Ego Makitas, uh, Paulina Laurent, Carolyn Harris, and uh, Elizabeth Cron. Yes. I just want to thank you all personally and by name uh, in no particular order. And... Uh, we'll post links to their social media, so if you want to follow them, um, you know you can do so. If you want to check out some of their films, uh, all of their IMDb pages do have uh, some nice, uh, some nice uh, uh, film reels. You know, like mm-hmm. their uh, what's the what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, <sighs> Why I, I can't? Of course, you their, asked me, and I can't. Film think. reel, not their um, uh, the like their audition s- reel, like their uh, like, yeah, their, like here's a collection of you know some of we'll my. We'll just call it a mixtape. Yeah, their video mixtape. We'll call it that. <laughs> that sounds good. For lack of a better word, <sighs> um, and how crazy is it that this film is both Caroline's and Elizabeth's film debut? First feature, yeah. Like that's crazy. Like, yeah, congrats like to the both of them. Yes. 
And good yes. luck with your future endeavors. And I hope to see you in more stuff. Because and I, I would love to have them on again because it'd be great to, to chat with them. And they were all very nice. Very what we need to do is people. try to get the Megalodon on the show. I think we can get the Megalodon on the show. Yeah. Um, I'm still working on getting Ray Park in studio. Mm-hmm. But uh, but maybe maybe we should scale it down a notch and try to get the megalodon. Uh, he's a he's show. a huge star. Yeah, uh, that megalodon. So, Ray Park might be harder to get now. Yeah, I know. I don't want to say any more about that because that was something that I found out about and hadn't uh, still haven't seen the source material for that. So. Um, I know Ashes has a confused look, but I know Wolfie knows exactly what I'm talking about. I do. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm proud of. <laughs> so, no, it's 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 fine. That had already uh, I had already found that out uh, unintentionally, but I won't say any more than that because I don't want to ruin it for any anybody else. So, I will. Uh, I will just leave that there. Um, we have some crazy stuff coming up, guys. Yeah, we do. We have some crazy episodes. So next episode, we are going to not have any celebrity guests on. I'm sorry. It's just going to be Patsy and yours truly and Johnny Wolfenstein. But we are going to be talking about Westworld. Yes, uh, we're going to be doing a little bit of uh, specific characters from the TV show. But we're also going to touch on the source material. Um, right, and, and specifically Dolores. We're going to be talking yeah, about Dolores the character Yeah, Dolores is the, of really Dolores. the character she we're going to be talking about from the arc. TV we're show. We're going to be talking about her. Um, upcoming episodes include one that I'm really excited about, The Incredibles in anticipation for The Incredibles 2 coming out later on this summer. But before that, we have a special guest coming on to discuss the rock and roll film American Satan. Yes, that is the movie that we all went to the premiere for. Yes, our guest was with us, yes. but Ashes, Nicole, and I all went because um, we are fans of... Because the, everyone knows that I'm a crazy fangirl stalker. Yep, uh, and fans. And that's what I do. And there's a story about that. Uh, there's a couple stories. Yes, yeah, so we'll, we'll... We'll save that. Yes. Um, but it stars uh, Andy, Andy Beersack, the lead singer of the Black Veil Brides. As well as Benjamin Bruce, who is uh, the guitarist for Asking Alexandria. And uh, some other folks, if you're not familiar with them, you may be familiar with John Bradley, who plays Samuel Tarley on uh, Game of Thrones. Boo Boo Stewart, who is in uh, Disney's Descendants, as well as X-Men. Uh, he played uh, Sunspot. And he was also in the Twilight Saga. He was one of the werewolf kids, but I don't think he really think so. had much to say. Yeah, I don't really remember. And um, Bill Duke, if you're a Predator fan, you know Bill Duke. <laughs> he played Mac. And uh, the last... Malcolm McDowell. Ma yeah, Malcolm McDowell. Uh, Who's a pretty big name from the Rob Zombie horror films. Well, and mean, A Clockwork Orange. Caligula. I mean, he's just a pretty big name actor, anyways. Yeah. At this point, so folks know him. He has um, a very interesting role. Uh, Bill Goldberg is in it as well. Yeah, very interesting. It's a quality film. We also have an episode coming up in about a month or so. Um, we know you guys have seen Infinity War. 
we know you guys have a lot of feelings and a lot of things to say. So we are going to be having an Infinity War therapy session where we're going to invite you to send us your voicemails and your emails and just tell us how you're feeling. How are you? Touch base with us. Let us know how you got through this movie. How many times have you seen it? Um, You know, what... uh, what you're feeling, um, you know, just just if you have any uh, predictions for the next Avengers movie, um, you know, your emo- the, the emotional roller coaster you went on while watching the movie. If you had one. Share with us. This is going to be a sharing and caring time. So definitely send us your emails and your voicemails to throwdownthursdaypodcast at gmail.com. We will be putting this information as it gets closer to recording this episode up on the Facebook page and the Twitter and the Instagram. But the YouTubes yes. now. We got the YouTubes. Yes. Oh, yeah. We we're, just we started the crazy YouTubes. Crazy kids were on the YouTubes. I'm going to try and do two to three YouTube videos a week. Uh, That's ambitious. Well, this one I'm definitely going to... Uh, I almost wore my shark suit tonight, but I didn't. But I will wear the shark suit. I was like, you know, maybe seeing as we're going to be like Skyping with movie stars, professional people, maybe we should try to be a little professional. Maybe I, that would have been a little professional, not a lot <laughs> professional. It would have been a little professional, little professional. Um, and we are also going to be talking about the wasp. Ant-Man and, and the Wasp. Well, I said the Wasp in anticipation of the Ant-Man and Wasp movie coming out. And I have an epic nerd rant. You're not going to want to miss that, but I have an epic nerd rant. Nerd alert. Nerd yeah, alert. And that'll be right around our two-year anniversary. That'll be recorded the day after our two-year anniversary, which is uh, June 25th. Wow. Yeah. So some crazy stuff coming up. We also have some guests in the works. Oh, yeah. Uh, we have some big plans for the podcast moving forward. I'm just hoping that our guests don't derail us. Oh. Uh-oh. Oh, spoiler alert. And I think some of our other guests might just be the best darn diddly guests we've ever had. <gasps> Foreshadowing. Spoiler. So exciting. So I think with that being said... Um, yeah, we're going to wrap this up. Thanks again to the cast of Megalodon. That was so awesome for them taking their yes. time out. And again, August 31st, sci-fi. Uh, watch the movie. Check it out. We'll probably be doing a... Live tweeting. View. Yeah, we'll, we'll if, be live tweeting. And if doing, we're not there. <laughs> we'll be having a viewing party at our house. I have a strong feeling I'm going to win the lottery tonight. Yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll get see. out there. You know, We'll take everybody out to dinner. I have a strong feeling I'm going to have a glass of wine tonight. Yeah. Well. I can predict the future. Also, uh, water is wet. Ha <laughs> So I think uh, with that being said. We will. See you next Thursday. Thursday.